Welcome to the Transliteration Podcast. This podcast maps the journey of a modern couple. Our goal is to help trans people and their allies find common ground. We hope that by sharing our journey, we help folks relate more deeply to themselves and one another. I'm Maria, and I'm a trans woman. And I'm Shannon, her cisgender spouse, and we're your hosts. Throughout this podcast, we cover many sensitive topics, including transphobia, mental health issues, and more. Please consider this a trigger warning and only continue to listen if you're in the headspace to do so. Thank you. In today's episode, Maria will share her story of coming out to me at 2 a.m. on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, So first, I just want to preface this. Um, My coming out is a very, very long story that um, is going to be shared piece by piece, I think, throughout this entire podcast, um, because, you know, I'm 43. Um, I came out three years ago, but I didn't start knowing who I was three years ago. It's that's that's when I came out to Shannon. Um, So, yeah, but let's we can get back to that. In, a, in another history episode. But let's take them back. I'm dead asleep in our queen bed in Brooklyn. Yeah. Sleeping. Sleeping. Okay, yeah. here's one thing you should know about Marie and I. We both value our sleep and we don't wake each other up. Right. Yeah, we, 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 we definitely try not to. So I was DJing a party and this had been after some time kind of grappling with my queer identity. I had been trying to embrace my queerness in whatever way felt safe for me. And for this Halloween party, I dressed as Ms. Pac-Man. First of all, Ms. Pac-Man is the superior Pac-Man person. Um, (laughs) It's a better game. It's just, it's just all, for all intents and purposes, Ms. Pac-Man is just much better. Um, so it had nothing to do with gender necessarily, although there was a big part of me that was like, this is kind of like coming out, you know. Um, so I went to this party as Ms. Pac-Man. I definitely got some looks. And on my way home, I was thinking about sort of like how it felt to to step into the role of Miz. And I was wondering if that if there really was something to it. If there really was something to this, you know, willingness to to be Ms. Pac-Man instead of regular Pac-Man. Um, and so I was driving home from this party and it finally hit me. Like all the things I read about trans people, all the things I read about um just just like queer folks in general and trying to be an ally, um, it seemed just suddenly so clear that I had this girl in me that was really trying to get my attention for pretty much my whole life. Um, and I didn't know what that meant, but it, at this moment, coming home from this party, it all just it all just lined up and it all made sense. And, you know, my first thought was, oh shit, this is not, this is not a good thing. Because I realized this is a complicated, a complicated thing to be. Um, 
it's it, it I knew it was going to mean changing a lot of things. I knew our relationship was going to be potentially at risk. I knew that if I wanted to uh, proceed forward with uh, being a, the transgendered woman that I am, um, that there would be a lot to do. It's not just that I would say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a woman and that's it. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes on there and that's, that's what hit me. And I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know about all this. So I tried to kind of put it away, but once that cat was really out of the bag um, this time, uh, there was no putting that cat back in any bag. That bag was destroyed. There's no more going back from that point. And I got home and I tried not to wake Shannon up because, as she said, we value our sleep. And I knew that having this coming out conversation at two o'clock in the morning was not going to be the like the easiest thing uh talk about being caught off guard um two o'clock in the morning out of a deep sleep is not a great time to have to you know put together a response to to such a thing wait i I, yeah and i want to just jump in here so i'm asleep maria's in the bed and She wakes me up and she says, babe, I have to tell you something and I don't know how to say it. And immediately I think, oh my God, she's having an affair. Like that was my first thought, honestly. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I think you have. That was my first thought is, holy shit. If someone's waking me up at 2 (laughs) a.m., she's having an affair. And... I remember I sat up in the bed, you sat up on your side of the bed, and I said, well, what is it? Because I thought, let's just get this over with. Like, let's just go down this path and get this revealing news of an affair over with. Right. Um, So you definitely were preparing um, to defend yourself against um, an incursion of of some type. And um, that is... That is the nature of both of us, honestly. I think given the things that we've both been through, um, we take assessment of the current conditions and then we prepare to defend ourselves in whatever way that we have to, right? But I also want to say there was no evidence of an affair. Like, I have never thought that Maria was unfaithful. There was no reason for me to think that, but that's exactly where my mind went being woke up at that that time in the morning. Yeah, because you knew that I wasn't thinking about pancakes, right? I, <laughs> there must have been something else going on. Um, and so, yeah, so the way that I, I, I tried to explain it, as I said, I am a, I am a trans woman. I, I am a woman. In this body is a woman. And I said that, and in saying it, that just made it all the more real to me because I said it. That was the first time that I said it to a, another person um, as an adult. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about my teenage years a different time, but um, so it just made it even more real to me to say that. Um, do you remember what you said? I don't remember what I said, but I remember the thoughts in my mind were like, what is a trans woman? 
that was my first thought because I was, one, I had been woken up out of sleep. Two, I think you're having an affair. And three, I'm like, what is this new word? And of course, as a wordsmith, which we can laugh about because Maria thinks my vocabulary should be better than it is. Uh, I was like trans, 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 trans women. Like I was just trying to put it all together. Um, I do remember saying, let's go have some tea. I remember saying that. Yeah. Let's go make some tea. <laughs> the tea was going to like be comforting. But for many nights and days after that, we actually did gather around a teapot and a, a teacup. We did. We did. But let's not let's not jump too far. Let's not jump too far forward because there's some stuff here that is actually really common um, for folks who are coming out. And as this podcast is coming out around um, Trans Day of Visibility, which is March 31st every year, um, you know, coming out is is kind of a, a topic of the moment. Um, and there are certain things that trans people hear from well-meaning people in their lives when they you know, uh, confess or or just open up uh, who they are um, to, to 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 the people around them, and some of that is. I got I got stuff that was no different from from these common uh, these common responses. So, um, for context, I had thought that I was bisexual. Um, I had tried to come out as bisexual because I felt effeminate. I felt girly. I felt like I was a woman. And I thought that meant that I was attracted to guys somehow. This is, this is part of the confusion that came into my head in part from a really bad therapist when I was a teenager who convinced me that I could not be a girl if I was not interested in boys, <laughs> which, <it laughs> anyway. Um, so I, I had tried to come out um, as, a, as a queer man um, because I thought, okay, this feels kind of safe. Um, I could say this, I could be this, and nothing really has to change. Um, I, I tried to just say that and just let that be because maybe that would be enough and that would explain everything, right? So I felt like I was a girl inside, so if I say I'm bisexual, at least I step across the line into queerness and, and trying to own my queerness in some way. And it was hard for Shannon to accept that as well. Um, to be fair, it was hard for me because I wasn't bisexual. I mean, I'm not bisexual. I'm, I'm actually asexual. Um, we'll talk about that in other episodes. But the thing is that, you know, a sexual orientation is based in a sexual attraction. Uh, and... I never really had a sexual attraction. I tried to have sexual attraction. <laughs> I tried to tell myself that I had sexual attraction to guys on the television. I tried to tell myself that I had sexual attraction to guys that I that crossed in the road in front of me and almost hit, I almost hit one with my car once in Costa Rica and and I noticed him and he noticed me noticing him and it was an awkward moment and I thought, "Oh, that must be sexual attraction." So yeah, that's it. So that 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 must be all this queerness. 
But that's that's not what it was. But all of that is context for what Shannon said first was, are you sure you're not just gay? Like, can't you just be bisexual and, like, effeminate? And I was like, no, no, that's not how this is going to work because... I am not a guy at all. You know, I now that you say that, I remember saying that. Um, are you sure that you're not just gay? And um, that was probably in the same moment or thereafter that I was like, what the hell is transgender? Right? I didn't have any context for this. Y'all remember, I grew up between a bean and a cornfield in rural Illinois. All right? Diversity was just... It was not a diverse place where I grew up. Um, I didn't have context for a lot of these things that Marie and I have, have been going through over the past few years. And so you're exactly correct. That is exactly what I said around a teacup. Yeah, and it's it's a common thing because people don't understand. I mean, most people don't even know what what half the letters in LGBTQIAA plus means. Oh, I forgot the P. See, even me, I can't even remember, but our pansexual friends get love. Um, but there's so many letters, and, and people get so confused by this um, alphabet soup that tries to be inclusive, they really don't get it. I mean, if you think about it, um, even like in the 90s, people didn't believe that bisexual people existed. You know, like, we were watching Sex in the City together, and there were, like, three episodes about how bisexual people were just being greedy, they had to pick a side, um, and, like, I, I was just like, what? That No, bisexual people are real. I know people that are bisexual. I know people that are pansexual. Um, but some of this just d doesn't sink in to, to a lot of folks. And without that kind of awareness, um, you know, transness is, is just a whole other thing. You know, the, the transness in uh, the LGBTQIAAP plus, um, you know, alphabet, it's the only one that's in there that has nothing to do with uh, sexual attraction. Um, there are trans people that have all sorts of different sexual attractions. Um, and it's often that trans people are, you know, grabbing from other letters in that alphabet soup of our umbrella family. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of just something that people don't really see the correlation. They don't see the connection. Um, but we're all different, and we're all different in our ways. And so, yeah, it took some time to explain that I am a trans woman, and what that means is that while I was assigned a gender at birth based on my secondary sexual characteristics, um, that that is not the gender that I identify with. Um, I really never did. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time going into just my details here because we have more episodes where we can cover some of that. But I never identified as someone who would grow up to be a man. Um, I, I, I thought, oh, well, I could be the differentest man <laughs> that I ever heard of. Um, but I never, I never took to that, that uh, title, if you will. Um, 
And that's that's part of what being a trans woman is. It's being born into a body that nobody expects a woman to be born into and grappling with all of that um, and coming out as a trans woman, especially as an adult, can be very difficult because of many, many reasons. But by then, it's like my body said more to people than any words that I could say. You know, um, it's not like when I was a baby, there was just enough. They looked and they saw this part and they saw those parts and they said, okay, that's a boy. You're done. That's it. You know, um, by the time I grew to adulthood, you know, those characteristics developed even more. I mean, even my voice, my my height, all of this stuff. Um, and so to come out as a trans woman as an adult is countering all of that, right, internally and externally. And so that makes it even harder for people to understand because they're like, how could you live until you're 39 and you're figuring out that you're a girl now? But, like, you've been carrying this body with you for so long. And it's going to take a lot to unpack all of that. But I think that's where part of this uh, misconception comes from, from, from even allies. They're thinking, okay, so you're an adult, but you're just figuring out that your gender is different? Like, how does, how could it take you so long uh, to figure out? Uh, and so it just doesn't, it doesn't compute you know, it's a, it's a harder thing to understand than, oh, yeah, I decided that I have a, I realized I have a, a sexual orientation that includes uh, other genders than, than the opposite or not opposite. That's not a, there's no such thing. But you know what I mean, uh, what people expect. And so that's where I understood, you know, and I, and I also have been understanding Shannon's I don't want to call it a lack of context because it's not like something was really missing, but there was just stuff that Shannon wasn't exposed to. I mean, honey, when was the first time that you saw a black person in a suit that was not a military uniform? What year was it? Um, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. So what year was that? 2012? Yep. Okay. Right. So, and this is huge. This is actually really huge. And, and the reason Maria brings this up is it was actually a very pivotal moment in my own undoing and unshedding of things that, that I was taught. Inadvertently, explicitly, culturally, where I lived, like there's a lot that goes into that. Um, I was sitting on a subway train going to... Actually, it wasn't 10 years ago. It would have been about 15 years ago. Right, because you were here before we were married. Yes. Um, I was a teacher in Harlem. Uh, that's a fascinating story. I loved that. I was a teacher in Harlem, um, and I was sitting on a train, and a well-dressed black man walked into the train in a suit and my whole worldview shifted and we tell this story because you can imagine if it shifted around this what needed to shift around sexuality and gender and identity in, in that realm right and so I was sitting there and I remember I look up from my book and I was like wait there is a black man in a suit and 
everything I had been taught from where I lived to my parents and everything, which was um, black people are, for all intents and purposes, bad. They are gangsters. They are blah, blah, blah. Like I could go on and on. I don't need to do that here, but just to give a little context. And I remember sitting on that train and I was like, yes, there's a black person in a suit. (laughs) And it's all the things I wanted to believe about people and humanity and differences and loving people and their differences and all the things. And that was just a defining moment. And so that is why Maria really brings this story up in particular, I think. Yeah. And, you know, again, to take it back on the sort of other side of the spectrum, my father is Afro-Puerto Rican. My father's nickname was Black Joe. People just assumed he was black until he started talking and then he had a thick Puerto Rican accent. Um, But he was always in a suit. He was never out of a suit. I, I don't, I've never even seen a picture of my father not in a suit. Uh, from my baby pictures, uh, uh, up until the few times I saw him as a teenager, always a suit. Never out. And, you know, so to me, a, a dark-skinned man in a suit was like my dad, or at the very least, Mr. Jefferson from the Jeffersons, right? But like, you wouldn't see the Jeffersons on the TV in Shannon's home, where she grew up, right? Most likely not. (laughs) I mean, you hadn't ever, you probably still haven't seen the Jeffersons. Not really. The Uh Cosby's. The Cosby's, okay, yeah, all right. But you know, anyway, so all of that is to say, I understood that Shannon was going to be confused, and I knew that I would have to explain some things. Um, And what I was mostly afraid of was that Shannon wasn't going to stick around uh, for the explanation. Um, And, you know, that next morning, uh, Shannon said, you know, this isn't going to work. We're we're, going to have to just find, we're going to have to get separate places we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do and I'm taking the cat I said the cat is mine that was like the whoa whoa moment first of all girl you could not take this cat from me he would not allow you okay let's be real okay but um but yeah so that was that was kind of where we left that that initial part was Shannon was like, you know what, this isn't going to work. And I thought, well, you know, this if this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work, you know. And so, OK, so that was where we left that. And I just want to I want to point out here, um, it was anger, panic, confusion, shock, trauma. Like it was all the things in that statement of, well, this isn't going to work. We're talking what? How many hours was that? Two hours? Ten hours? I don't even know. It was the very initial part. And we may want to close this episode and then we can kind of, you know, get into more of the details about the therapy that we both started um, after. But that was really, you know, the main thing was it started with coming out and Shannon saying, oh, no, this isn't going to work. There's no way we could do this. And then, spoiler alert, we're here um, 12 years later. Not 12 years later, three years later. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, what happened was, okay, actually, after thinking about it, I want to make this work. Let's make this work. 
Right. Um, and we decided if we're going to make it work, we're going to need therapy. Both of us are going to need therapy. Um, and so I went to an online counseling place, um, and I actually found us couples counseling. And I found a counselor specifically for myself. Um, but that's at that point, that was like the kind of closure to this initial coming out. It was, I am trans. Okay, you could be trans, but this isn't going to work. And then, okay, fine, let's make this work. We can make this work. And I, I want to say, like, this is a journey, right? This is a journey of us going back and reliving this as we're telling it. And it's a journey also that everyone's going to have their own journey if they're in this situation. I don't think it took me more than about five days to change my mind and say, no, I'm, I'm in this. Like, love is love. And it may change how we look and how we're perceived on the outside and like all the things that we're going to have to encounter. But I am in this. I, I love you. You love me. We've built a beautiful marriage. We've built a beautiful life with each other. And um, let's figure this out. And so I have talked to women who are who are in this situation with their spouses over the years. And it takes many more, much more time for them. And that's okay. Some of them, they can never stay and, and be comfortable with what has happened and this abrupt change. And that's okay too. So like we said in the first episode, everyone's on this journey, um, one together as human beings and coming back to love and acceptance, but also each person's journey is going to look very different. Absolutely. So yeah, we should probably wrap this episode. Um, we have so much more to say. So I know you're going to want to tune in for episode three. Um, and depending on how much time we have, we might just record episode three right now and just keep this conversation going. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for, for joining us again. And we look forward to uh, sharing more with you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and spread the love. Also, be sure to head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podcast to join our community and learn about other ways you can support this podcast. Remember, love, love always wins. wins.